great future. We're talking real money. Hi, welcome to the Talking Real Money Daily Podcast. Again, I'm Don McDonald. It's so nice to have you listening in. Thank you. Share the podcast with people. Tell everybody. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com and learn some more stuff. Listen to other podcasts. Have a great time. There you go. All right. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, I was going to have a really bad overarching theme today. It would have been a little... Uh, maybe a little too cerebral, maybe a little too much, as Tom says, inside baseball in the weeds. So I decided after the call and I got a question, a written question and a call, I decided to go with those because the written question relates to what I discussed yesterday and the call is just a good one. Well, actually, it's not a call. It's two calls from the same person. So we're going to do both of those. Yesterday, I talked a little bit about the brouhaha, brouhaha, uh, that the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and the SEC were embarking on uh, with MCSI and their index funds, particularly, particularly their all company world index or ACWI index. They were being criticized for succumbing to some Chinese pressure and adding a little more in the way of Chinese stocks to the index and i was talking about how china's market cap is pretty darn small in the grand scheme of global index funds and i should have clarified slightly here's the note hello don hey you got my name right opposed to the caller who started with tom We'll get to that in a minute. Truly love the work you do. I listen as I walk to and from work, and it's great company along the way. Thank you. In a recent podcast, you made a reference to the change made by MSCI to its ACWI index and that adding more Chinese companies made little difference because China is 3.7% of the world's market capitalization. I wanted to find that information, and I continue to come across information at Seeking Alpha that does not coincide. Uh, And I'm curious what information you're referencing in your comments. What Seeking Alpha is showing you and others are showing you is the total market capitalization of china china is a really tricky market for for uh to measure in terms of market capitalization because so much of its market capitalization is closed it's opaque it is incredibly illiquid it may not even be legitimate uh the chinese reported global percentage of market cap is around seven percent but bear in mind about half of that is totally internal to china markets in which foreign investors cannot play only about three and a half percent of china's publicly traded companies or publicly traded worth are a pub- publicly traded percentage of gdp it's called investable gdp investable gross domestic product and so china an investable gross domestic product they are not one of the top two or three economies but they are in terms of total reported gdp we want to be very careful with china we really do because the chinese economy is slightly aberrant well no it's not slightly aberrant it's dramatically aberrant the chinese economy is a closed economy it's a controlled economy it is not uh, 
a true free market economy, much of what they do is subject to the whims of the government. And so while we have China in portfolios, it's a very small percentage. I mean, a very small percentage. I was just looking at uh, Dimensional Fund's global uh, equity portfolio, and while the ACWI has the percentage of Chinese GDP or Chinese stock value to the rest of the world at 3.7%, the last report I had from DFA showed their percentage at well under 2%. So they're being even more conservative. So I really wouldn't worry too much about China because if you have a properly diversified portfolio, you'll have some of it so you can take advantage of it, but you won't have a lot of it. 855-935-TALK. That's a very important number because that gets you to this program 24 hours or this podcast, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I try to answer. As a matter of fact, I think I've answered every question so far on the podcast and Let's go to, and I'm just trying to answer them in order as they come in. Let's go to today's question. Hi, Tom er, and Don. This is uh, Jane. I'm calling because I live in the Seattle area, and I work at a hospital uh, as a physician in training, and I'm calling because I was wondering if you could do a quick rundown like you have done in the past of how to look up financial advisors that people recommend to you and how to look up their companies to find out if they're dual registered or not, uh, how to figure out what their fees are of how to find that, I think like part two or part B thing you guys talk about looking up to see actually what their fees are. Um, and then potentially how to look if they've ever been in some sort of trouble with previous clients. Um, I know there's a way to report that, but I don't know exactly how to find it. Uh, and part of the reason I ask is because I am a resident at one of the Seattle hospitals and I fall into a group of people who, you know, we have finished school, we come out of med school with at least six figures worth of debt. Um, we start working for another three to seven years in a training program to get board certified in a specialty before we ultimately end up making um, pretty decent money after that, but in the interim, we're especially in large metropolitan areas sort of living paycheck to paycheck and are kind of easy prey for financial advisors who are willing to give us, quote, free advice for specifically physicians um, in the hopes that one day, because they're so nice to us, we will adopt them as our financial advisors once we're um, specialized attending physicians. So, if you have any advice or information about that particular uh, instance, I would also love to hear your take on that. Okay, thanks, bye. Actually, today's question is a two-parter, so here's the second part, and then I'll answer them all together. Hey, Don, uh, this is Jane with my follow-up question. I just left a uh, question about how to look up financial advisors and realized I wanted to leave you an example to look up. This is someone named, and they work for the... Affinity Group LLC. Uh, so how do I figure out if this guy is legit or not? I edited that to take out the person's name. You probably won't understand the firm name, but I'll tell you what that is. And uh, thanks, Doc, or new Doc. We're well, still a doc, right? You're a doctor. Congratulations on all that hard stuff. And yeah, people will try to take advantage of doctors. Here's one of the problems being a doctor. 
you have to work your tail off and be very, very good at what you do. You have to be better than almost anybody at what you do. How do I know this? Well, I have a doctor in the family and I watch Grey's Anatomy. So I know, I know you could, people could die. You've got to be careful and you don't have time to deal with your investments. So you, you rely on some expert and these experts, experts in air quotes, come out of the woodwork. They love doctors. That's why, um, I, I, my friends who are doctors and I do have many, my father, my stepdad, who's a doctor, uh, I try to get them to go to somebody who is truly a fee-only, 100% fiduciary advisor. And most of these folks, (laughs) I caught myself, most of the folks out there who are soliciting your business, including the one you talked about, Dr. Jane, are not 100% fiduciaries. The company you mentioned, Finity, well... That's just a corporate name. It's just a DBA. It's an LLC. It's not, they're not registered with anyone that I can find under that name. They are not registered with FINRA, with the Securities and Exchange Commission, with the state, with anyone that I can find under the name Finity. However, they do clear their stock trades. Oh, wait, stock trades. Could that mean something? Yes, it could. They do clear their stock trades through a company called Cambridge, and Cambridge also acts as their investment advisor. Now, where did I find all that? Well, the first thing I did was I went to BrokerCheck, which is broker. You just type in BrokerCheck in a browser. It'll go right to it. And I typed in the guy's name that I I cut out. Uh, I found that he works for a company called Cambridge. And I went, well, wait a minute. Where's Finity? Well, it turns out that there is no registration anywhere for Finity. There is for Cambridge, and it's a very large broker dealer. It's a, a very large uh, RIA that allows smaller companies like Finity to hang their hat with somebody else or or should i say their two hats because this is a two-headed advisor that's what i'm going to start calling them two-headed advisors because they can wear two hats at the same time or appear, appear to see on one hand cambridge is an investment advisory firm on the other hand, Cambridge is a broker dealer, so they can sell commission products and they can provide advice for a fee. They are dual registered. That's what it's called. I would I would advise anyone who is looking for help with their money once they have some to avoid duly registered advisors like the plague. If they have a broker dealer license and you can look that up at broker check through FINRA, then I definitely wouldn't go with them. Now, as for the other way to check them out, that's at advisor. And there are two ways to spell advisor in America. I know. What are we thinking? There's advisor with an O-R and advisor with an E-R. Well, the SEC spells it E-R. So it's advisor, E-R, info, dot S-E-C, Securities and Exchange Commission, dot gov. And when I am going to do it right now live right live on a taped podcast when i type in cambridge under the firms then cambridge advisors pops up investment advisory firm 
Now, there are a whole lot of Cambridge advisors, so I'm going to narrow it down. The way you can narrow it down is you type in the broker or the advisor's name in this case. I'll type his in and it will give me the firm for which he works. Now, in this case, it's Cambridge Investment Research Advisors. You see, now we know a little bit more about the firm. Cambridge Investment Research Advisors. Now we can go under firm again, type in Cambridge Investment, and that's enough. Oh, but if I spell Cambridge properly, it's enough. Type in Cambridge Investment Research Advisors. They're out of Fairfield, Iowa. And then you can click on the Get Details. That brings up what is called their Form ADV and their Form ADV Part 2 brochures. Don't go to the ADV. Go to the Part 2 brochures because the Part 2 brochures are written in plain English. Now, they see these guys have two ADV Part 2 brochures. There's the CIRA Advisors, whichever that is, and there's the Wealthport or Wealth, yeah, Wealth, Wealthport Wrap Brochure. Basically, what these guys do is they, they package products. They're P, pre, <laughs> easy for me to say, pre-packaged products. <laughs> It's a lot of peas. And uh, the advisors use these wrap accounts. Now, the the uh, the fees are listed somewhere. There's a table of contents. One of the most important things you can look at are fees. Now, this is the kind of fee structure you want to run away from. Maximum advisor fee shown on there, ADV Part 2. Advisor directed to 0.25%. Now, that is before the cost of any investments they put you into. So let's say they put you into a mutual fund with a half a percent annual expense ratio or the smaller with their smaller accounts. Your expenses could be two and three quarter percent. You're approaching three percent per year. Now, think about that. How much money do the investments have to make for you to break even? Just break even. Yeah, 3%. How much do really safe investments earn right now? Um, less than 3%. So you got to take a bunch of risk to just break even. Let's say they're magical. They get you 10%. Then they deduct the fees and expenses. You're looking at 7 That's just too high. These are people with whom I would never, ever, ever, ever work. And I would advise all of your colleagues to never, ever, ever work with them either. You, when it is time for you to start investing, one, you want to in invest in your 401k at work or actually 403b at work, um, but you want to make sure it's not in insurance products. Make sure it's in good no-load mutual funds from Vanguard or Fidelity, not actively managed, but index funds. Build it for your risk tolerance. Get your risk tolerance. Figure out what that is. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the risk quiz, take the risk quiz, find out what it is. Then, when you're beginning, do it on your own. You don't need these guys. You don't need us guys. You know, if you're putting 5000 uh, a year away into an IRA, do it with Vanguard in their total world fund. If you're a high risk taker, if you're somebody with a high risk tolerance, uh, but don't go with these guys. 
chase them away with a stick. Actually, chase them away with one of those really gigantic needles, like for a spinal tap or something. Say, hey, before we go get this started, I need to draw some blood. <laughs> Can you do that? Is that legal? Can you chase off investment guys with a needle? Anyway. Thanks for the questions. Those are really great. I See why I didn't need a topic? I went really long on this one. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate you being there. Take care. Tell your friends. Go subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts so that we can get up in the rankings. Please come on. Help us out. And take good care. Thanks for being there. I'm Don McDonald. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?